Honk with Mike Bridenstine is brought to you by No Coast Brazilian Jiu-Jitsu. We should take a knee for the last three minutes to force this cheap fuck to buy Zoom. Mike knows, like, so, like the biggest names in comedy. Dude, you gotta see this guy's fucking show list. He, like, has, like, the biggest names on, uh, in comedy on his, on his show. It's kind of unreal, Mike, how you do that. The best po- panel pod on the internet. And this is what the show's about, Nick. The, we have our finger on the pulse of America's uh, <laughs> trends. Obama is the actual devil. Crocodile Dundee was cool. Yeah! Welcome to Hunk with Mike Bridenstine. I'm Mike Bridenstine. Shout out Rick Gonzalez. Shout out Bad Planet. Shout out None Taken Podcast. Shout out No Coast Brazilian Jiu-Jitsu. We got a full show. About an hour and ten minutes from now, I'm going to be talking to the bad boy of the left, Richie Serjanko, back by popular demand. Shout out to Bonafide Hunk Jacob Vick, who asked for Richie to come back and talk about the new ordinance in L.A. That's about 70 minutes from now, or I should timestamp it in the show description. But I've also got the world's greatest panel. Kyle Ayers is back. You've seen him on Conan. He's the creator of Never Seen It. He's the creator of First Comes Love and Boast Rattle on Sirius. His debut album is called Happiness. Holy shit, is he fucking hilarious. Renee Godier is back. She just got back from writing for the WWE, where she probably signed an NDA. So if she gets in trouble, I'm kidding. She's written for a lot of stuff. She runs the Fresh Air Comedy Show, which I just did on Saturday. One of the best. Rojo Perez is back. Get his album. It's called Words. I promise you, he's funny. He's been on Jimmy Fallon, HBO, and a ton more. And it feels like my guy's blowing up a little bit. He still does this show, and I'm happy to have him. Andy Wood is here. First time, long time. You've seen him win Jeopardy. He's the co-founder of the Bridgetown Comedy Festival that you've heard me talk about so many times You also know him from Probably Science and many other podcasts. The most impressive thing in that list is Bridgetown. Just trust me. This is a very funny and very talented group. So without further ado, here are Kyle, Renee, Rojo, and Andy. You go ahead and hit subscribe. They have lifting weights in Silver Lake? That's new to me. Yeah, well, it's coffee bags with a pole stuck between them. Oh, wait, let me put a shirt on. Hold on. We We usually put clothes on for these, Andy. (laughs) I'm in the desert. Uh, Jesus Christ, you're so Hollywood. It's the desert. No, I live in Joshua Tree. I'll be right back. You live in Joshua Tree? You didn't know that? Yeah, yeah. One second. Andy got to find the one shirt he owns. It's going to be tight (laughs) and It's just a picture of his body. running through shit. It's all all shorts, no shirts. (laughs) Gonna have little nipple holes cut in it. <laughs> he's, just, he's just a specimen. <laughs> Iowa's different, Mike. Yes, it is. Then yeah. Joshua Tree, a little bit. Oh, just a touch. I'll just do. I I feel like we need a like a like an icebreaker. So this week, uh, Bob Odenkirk had a rough week. So I wanted to know, he's alive. What is your <laughs> favorite thing Odenkirk has done? For me, I think he's written my two favorite sketches of all time. So I wanted to see. And he's on my favorite show of all time. So I wanted to see for you guys, what is your favorite Odenkirk? I love Better Call Saul. I think it, it's, I, I've never been more proven wrong by more skepticism I gave something than that show being. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know, it's like a show you love, but it's slower. 
and I'm like, okay. And like, and not everyone you like is in it. I'm like, okay. And like, and it's great. Ah, I'll see. And then I did see, and it's great. <laughs> I like any time an old, thinning-haired comedian can find lockdown work. Sure. I think, sure. We, I think we all need to embrace that. Your parents ask you to move back home, Kyle, and you're like, no, 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 better call Saul. It can still happen. Oh, it can man, still happen. I'm hoping to become one of the Paul brothers TikTok lawyer in a future <laughs> miniseries on HBO Max. I had to learn who they were because they're boxing, and I'm not happy about it. <laughs> Did the boxer go to the suicide forest in Japan, or is that his brother? There's two boxers. Both- oh, God. One has a giant head, and the other one has a humongous head. Are you talking about the Puerto Rican Paul brothers? Are they Puerto Rican? Oh, you mean the two that just live in Puerto Rico now? Oh. Yeah, 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 yeah. Uh, they're doing great. They, they're buying up all of San Juan. Wow. <laughs> yeah. Renee, what's your favorite Odin Kirk? Guys, I've never seen Better Call Saul. We've seen Mr. Show. I just want to say it. Yeah, no, I was just, let me, Andy, let me. Sorry, sorry, sorry. I mean, for fuck. Um, yeah, Andy's I not happy Mr. about that. Yeah. He's like, well, there's other stuff. Um, I, I own Mr. Show, and that might be my favorite. And also, his wife is really nice. His wife. She's a manager. That's nice funny. Woman. Naomi. She's a manager, yeah. yeah. She followed me once out of a JFL audition. Um, do you remember this, Mike? We were at the improv. It was my callback. And she came out. Yeah, we were all waiting on. Kirk's uh, wife. Renee and I got new faces the same year. We were, I, I was waiting on pins and needles to see if I was going to get it. This bitch gets a standing ovation at her callback. <laughs> my mom was in the audience. She must have helped. She stood first. <laughs> also, He's doing James Adomian. <laughs> also, hey, I went right after James Adomian blew the light by 25 minutes. Do you remember that? Because he wasn't. Did no, wasn't he did no long. impressions. Anyway, she followed me out and was like, "You're a great writer," and in my head, I wasn't a writer, so I go, <laughs> "I don't write." When we never worked together, um, but it's great. So I love Bob because of her. So she thought you stole all your material. From that. <laughs> no, I, I didn't write any of that. No, but do you know when you're like first a comic, you don't consider like a writer seems so different for some reason. And I was just like, oh, don't give me scripts, ma'am. I uh, I can just get ideas and work them out. And sometimes they go well. Do you ever you have know? like an industry person say you something like say something to you and you could that was like your opportunity in the moment. And you think about it as like, man, I really had a shot that I fucking blew right then. Yes. Yes. I had not even did. that. It's not even a, you didn't even realize you had the ball. That's yeah. not the why. Cause usually it's just like, wait, I was open. That was a shot to be had. The the big Hollywood guys like take the shot. And you're like, I don't even know what sports are. I like, I, <laughs> like i had uh i yeah the the biggest manager you can think of said like saw this video i did and he goes what do you want to what do you want to do with that <laughs> and i was like oh man like i was making fun of a celebrity and i go it'd be really cool if the celebrity saw it what he wanted me to say was like <laughs> i want to run hollywood <laughs> my hopes and dreams are that sometimes i can disappoint someone i grew up liking yeah <laughs> my lofty aspiration andy what I is your favorite odin kirk combining those two things i forgot that in like 2005 i came down to la for the ucb all-nighter the death ray all-night show yeah 
Odin Kirk was on that and I had uh, this is pre-smartphone, but I had a digital camera and I cornered him and forced him to take a <laughs> selfie with me where he does not look happy. And it's like, <laughs> never going to post that anywhere. Just uh, sorry, Bob. He's one of my favorite comedy people of all time. So I, I have multiple favorites. I was thinking about Mr. Show sketches that like pop into my head and um, his, uh, have you seen the joke, the musical? That's my favorite. Mr. Yeah. Show sketch of all time, maybe my favorite. When when I said him, he wrote my two favorite. Nobody fucking asked me what they were, but it's joke the musical, Matt Foley. Damn it! No, ah, you stole. That's literally exactly what I was gonna say. It's gonna yes. be one behind, one off camera, one on camera. He created Matt Foley, but then I was gonna say specifically his role as the milking machine at the end of the joke the musical, <laughs> which has a perfect impression of like a ten year old at a school play. Yes, yeah, uh, yeah, yeah, it's amazing. Jack Black steals that, but he is super good as the the uh, milk machine. If you haven't seen yeah. it, look at, look that up. It's it's a twenty minute fucking sketch. It's a musical. <laughs> Better than Godspell. Yes. Is that a bad example of a musical? <laughs> There's no bad example. Better than Hamilton. <laughs> that's on the that's on the cover of the DVD set. Better than Godspell. <laughs> like, okay. Voted from a podcast once. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. That's crazy, Mike. We had the exact. I, I was going to say those exact two things, and we didn't plan it beforehand. Well, Matt Foley's no. pretty famous. Joke the musical is probably the deep cut there. Yeah. Kyle, Simone Biles, let's talk about it. Okay. Um, <laughs> okay, so I think that people didn't get that it was the yips at first. Like, she has the yips, right? Like, that's basically... So my question is, why does it have to be... Okay, this is going to come out wrong. I know this. Could it be possible it's neither brave or unbrave? It's just she has an injury. Like, she has the yips. You know what I mean? Like, why did we have to make this? Uh, but, a but then, huge... what do we talk about all day, every day? Mm, that's true. Yeah. <laughs> uh, since we can't what watch meme do you because post? they're in the future. Yeah, yeah. But I mean, does she does she have the yips? Because she's competing this week. The oh. balance, yeah, that was announced. She's doing balance beam. She, she's. They announced today that she's going to be on one. She's doing the finals at one of the individual events. The balance beam, sense. yeah. Though. I mean, it's like higher stakes yips if you could break your neck because of it. But it's, with the balance yeah. beam, you're not going as high, right? So I, I respect the yips. John Lester is on the Cubs. He can't throw anywhere but home. If somebody has, if somebody grounds a ball to him, he has to take his full glove with the ball in the glove and throw it to first because his brain lost the like the whatever the muscle Let's memory. Let's not compare your second rate Cubs pitcher no, 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 to the John greatest no, gymnast we've ever had. He's on the Cardinals <laughs> now and you're right. This motherfucker can't throw left isn't what Simone Biles had. Right. You remember Derek Zoolander famously had the yips when going around corners in certain <laughs> directions. I think we need a name that isn't the yips. The, the, twist, the, the twisties. Something called, right. The oh, twisties. she's got the liberty blops. And you're like, well, maybe if we just called it, uh, uh, gymnastics is hard. She's 20 years older than the average gymnast because she's almost 25. And so it's like, maybe it's hard. And maybe she, you know, there's a lot of factors going into play in a sport that everyone who seems to be opinionated on it couldn't tell you anything about it three weeks ago. Right, 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 right. Yeah. Yeah. I'm very glad I didn't chime into the conversation because my first thought was a joke that uh, would have probably gotten me in trouble. Let's don't so let's do this. this. Yeah. All right. We stopped. Imagine if someone said something like, 
Don't get the yips. Do the joke. <laughs> right. Like the real winner of World War Two. The real the real winner of World War Two was France for practicing self care. Um, <laughs> <laughs> uh, that's fun. That's pretty. But fun. I would never tweet that. Or, I would never say that on a podcast or tweet that. So uh, I just think it's okay. okay. Who's been the greatest ever at something ever to be like? Maybe I'm kind of for whatever reason. She could say I hate America. I wouldn't care. She could say. Uh, <laughs> You know, sorry, I was the face of a giant scandal. We didn't talk near as much about the sexual assault scandal yeah. that like, ravished the entire She's sport done for decades. For America. Yeah, she we were exactly. talking about how we tired or what, or her having the. We'll, we'll talk about that endlessly, but not like that. The most famous Olympic gymnastics moment in U.S. history: Carrie Strug hitting that vault that we didn't actually need with her broken ankle, and then she's carried over and put in the arms of a sex offender. No one wants to like. Was <laughs> hey, he yeah. right over Is there? He one of the bad ones, her coach back no, then. Well, Bella, no, he was. Okay. He was like. What was bad. his name? Something. It wasn't Larry but Nasser. Is the Nasser. guy that you're a. Uh, the guy that carried her's name oh, was like Bella, some Bella Carolla. I wanted to say Bella Lugosi, but that yeah. is that's what no one talks about is yeah. Dracula. Dracula. Different Dracula. monster. <laughs> Different monster. That's when I was looking at this picture of me walking down the beach over my life, and there was only one set of footprints, and I asked Dracula what that was. And he said, That is what I carried. You. This is Bella Caroli carrying Carrie's truck to the ocean. <laughs> And don't forget famous Chris Kattan character, Kippy Strug, her sister from SNL Weekend Update. That was one of the best. I forgot about that. I forgot about that. About that very famous Chris Kattan character. The one that comes up in the zeitgeist all the time. Which is your favorite Chris Kattan vehicle? He's oh, that is. We're comparing all the greats. Mine's got to be the screen test for Better Call Saul. He was going to play. Oh, there's what are my choices? Mango and Night at the Roxbury? Yeah, it's Mango. Come on. Mango uh, was a good sketch. The one where he Oh, your favorite sketch? Yeah. The Rock uh, doing Mango is pretty good. Any project. Anything. Any project. Don't open it up. He has a great great YouTube show about cooking toast. (laughs) (laughs) It's real fun. Is that real? Oh. I was full. You could have kept us going with that. I wish I was more hesitant. (laughs) You could have been like, he's got a great TikTok where he duets Jack Black and Jack Black never replies. I'm like, that makes sense. I don't know. That's very funny. (laughs) They asked like uh, marketing companies that rep Simone Biles or whatever, and or people who cover stuff like this, and they said that she's more valuable as an influencer than as a competitor. Like literally, nobody cares if she would win the Olympics anymore. That like the people that follow her, is that weird or is that just part of it now? part of it now it's like well, I think it, is. because she yeah. already approved herself like oh, caleb okay. dressel his stock went up because he wasn't known to everybody before he just did this amazing thing so if she hadn't done it yet it wouldn't be that but it's because she already has proven herself it's so. not just like athletes either martha stewart is more valuable as an influencer than she is having like a home television show now if she did that she could reach infinitely more people doing something else. Yeah. yeah. Sure, but I, I I do think Andy's right here of having one because we don't give a fuck about Danica Patrick. That's, That's true. An example. That's well, true, I, yeah. You, I mean, it depends on when you're, if you're trying to find a coupon code to re-up your <laughs> hosting for your website. Yeah, GoDaddy. <laughs> Anna Kornikova was famous, wasn't that good at uh, tennis. Right, right. There's a I lot mean, of that. It, yeah. Yeah, you got it. But she's so good. It's eventually you just like the name, and people just want to associate it with your name. She you're, was with Enrique right. Iglesias, 
for a while, mm-hmm. wasn't she? And that she became more important because of that relationship, even over tennis. I didn't even know about that. About that. I just know yeah. about it from FHM when I was 20 or something. I just found out Jennifer Lopez's new boyfriend does movie <laughs> stuff. Yeah? <laughs> or did. He used to do Yeah. It. yeah, yeah. Are you talking about the guy from Voyage of the Mimi? Yeah. <laughs> What's it's your great. favorite Ben Affleck vehicle? Mine, the Batmobile. Um. <laughs> uh, oh, Rojo decided that was good enough to go on. Um <laughs> I'm I'm more of a fan of the Amy the Amy chaser. Remember he would drive that thing around. Oh, the Amy chaser. He chased Amy. Oh. Renee, Rolling Stone magazine has ranked the greatest music videos of all time. It is apocryphal. I wanted to see how many of the top ten you could name. Then I wanted your reaction when I told you the infuriating news about who is in the top ten. Oh fuck. Okay. Of all time. All time, including recent, apparently. Okay, really? Uh, Thriller? Not in there, but Billie Jean is the one offering from Michael. Get the fuck He out lights of here. up a sidewalk. Who cares? <laughs> okay. Uh, November Rain. November Rain is nine. Wow, that's really good. Mm. Um, Twisted Sister, we're not going to take it? You wish. I do wish that that was in there, yeah. <laughs> um, what do you want to do with your one... life? I want to rock. Uh, baby One More Time hit me no that is a great video though that is another like all-time great video the video made that number one formation beyonce i wasn't there yet they rented out the louvre uh number two hurt by johnny cash i don't i've never heard anybody say that that was a great video (laughs) i need to see a visual with this he is old it's a black and white yeah. video of him Great. singing a Nine Inch Nails song. Okay. Do we get to guess any more? I thought we could yeah, 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 keep guessing. Where, where <laughs> sure, yeah. Andy, I would love it if you guessed more. Chance. Yes, yes. I, mean, I, I remember, this is Rolling Stone, you said, and they, they, had yes. no, uh, they had no like restriction. It was just best music videos. Ever. Yes. Mm-hmm. I mean, maybe it's too long ago, but this was always on the lists uh, back in the day. Sledgehammer, Peter Gabriel. Number eight. Look at you oh. getting a guess okay. in. See, Andy just wanted to be a fucking trivia master. That's, that's we got Beastie yeah, Boys in this? So which Beastie Boys? Yes, which Beastie Boys? I, I think All the fact that I said Beastie it's Boys sabotage. was good enough Sabotage. For, it's for it's sabotage. sabotage. Rojo gets and... uh, full credit. <laughs> no, I'm um, I'll take it. No, um, take it. You need it. Uh, I, <laughs> I think Take On Me. Take on me was number fourteen. I did write that down oh. as like one I thought people would guess. That is a great video. Do we get Madonna. Is Madonna? Which Madonna? Here? Number three. Which Madonna? Like oh, her cover like of hurt. Prayer. Her cover like of hurt by Nine. <laughs> they went with Vogue. I thought that that was a strange choice because like Papa Don't Preach. It's like Danny Aiello. It's like a full movie. Yeah. They went with Vogue. It's too too controversial. Papa Don't Preach. Maybe. Yeah, Subject Rolling Stone, pretty... super conservative. Super pro. Vogue, Vogue put that dance movement on the map. It was a, it was an underground dance movement, and she put it on the map. So I understand why it's Vogue, but um, yeah, weird. Speaking like of a dance, pair is way more popular. Speaking of dance moves, I feel like they're going to try to like um, front load this with more recent stuff to appeal to the kids. So maybe like Gangnam Style? <laughs> no, that oh, would be crazy. 
Is that it should not be in there. That's it like should the most, be. It's the most. It was the most viewed time. until until like Despacito or something. That was is that right? Oh, Despacito's definitely in there. We're filling out the podium here. We got Gangnam Style. We got Despacito. Number four is from like 2018. By because a, of Foxy. By a comedian. What? Who goes Ooh. by the name Childish Gambino? Oh, right. uh, no! This is America. This is this America. Is America. Yeah. Number Randy felt face. Number seven is just a man's torso. Uh, D'Angelo. Oh. Yeah, D'Angelo. Yes, untitled. Uh, and number five. I don't even know what this is, but New Order: The Perfect Kiss. Has anybody heard of this thing? No. It's the fifth no. greatest of all time. Not in up there though. Single ladies. I thought single ladies. It was kind of like a classic one. Smells like Teen Spirit. Number thirteen. I. Missy Elliott in the garbage bag. I thought it should be in there, but that was number 16. All right. I can't stand the rain. Do we get Diddy and Mace? (laughs) Oh. Do we not get Diddy and Mace? No Hype Williams? No Hype Williams fish eyes at all? Yeah. It sounds like they're making a list of uh, simple looking videos by famous musicians. Yeah. Yeah. Because where's Britney? Where's Insane? That was the original title, Kyle. (laughs) A little too. Worthy, you lost, but me at, uh, you lost me at magazine. I was looking up what that was. It's like a <laughs> rollingstone.com. Then, sorry, you're right. You're right. You're right. <laughs> well, yeah, I was gonna sorry. say, virt- virtual insanity seems like one of those like oft mm-hmm. uh, referenced. That's the greatest cool Maroon visual. 5 song that was done by Jamiroquai, right? <laughs> I'd, I'd argue the uh. The NSYNC video where they become their toys and become oh, real yeah. again. Yeah, it's that gonna be for, me. As far as the video goes, that's a good. That one. was great. I agree. It's gonna I be feel me. dumb. I can't like think what? of ten songs, <laughs> let alone like ones with well, famous. You're like you guys are naming <laughs> songs. I'm like I totally forgot about that whole artist. It's hard to <laughs> name. Um, what about B2K? Bump, bump, bump. Is that in there? I don't know. Wrong magazine. <laughs> don't overlook Definitely B2K. in the list, but not in this magazine. Wrong magazine. What, what is B2? Is that a K-pop band? Do not leave it's, a murderer. Of it's a murderer. Yeah. Yeah. It's a murderer. It was a Marion. Fine Torture Kill yeah. and BTS. It, and, yeah. <laughs> it was a city-produced uh, boy band. Andy. What, what about no uh, Maroon 5s, the one where they claim that they crashed all these weddings? And like even Wikipedia says they did crash those weddings. It had like a billion views. But um, I recognized someone at the gym um, as as the bride in one of those weddings they crashed. And I was like, so you got married in that video? She's like, shh, nobody got married in that video. Uh, that was sugar. That yeah. was sugar. Yeah. yeah. It's called Wait, sugar. They don't have any OK Go in there. Don't they famously spend a million dollars making yeah. Goldberg machines that become yeah. giant music videos? They're the only ones whose music videos I even see anymore. Yeah. And I don't even know what the band is doing. They're just plotting more treadmill situations. They didn't rent the Louvre <laughs> to do it. You're right. It's Imagine drinking a bunch of... Sorry, there's an Apple store in the Louvre now, so I think it's lost a little bit of its luster. But Because if, if you go down where the art used to be, it's an Apple store. You can make a reservation to yell at a kid. Is that true? Yeah. Wow. Um, Andy Wood, Ghostbusters Afterlife. Are you like, finally another Ghostbusters movie, or are you like, fuck off? I didn't see the last one. I have no opinion about that. I love the I love the originals. I think this will be fun. Like Jason Reitman is both a good director and Ivan Reitman's son. I think it could be fun. I I don't know. Yes, yeah, so I'm cautiously optimistic. I'm, I will see it in the theater and um, 
as long as Dan Aykroyd doesn't start, you know, plugging his crystal head vodka, I think we're all good. <laughs> as long as he doesn't talk about vodka. Yeah. <laughs> Does anybody uh, hate this thing? I have never seen any of the Ghostbuster movies. Is that oh, your movie you haven't this will seen? Be my first one. I'm gonna go in and. Well, see you gonna you gonna see this one though? I'm gonna see this one and I'm gonna have a ton of opinions about it. That's what's gonna. Happen. <laughs> I'm gonna go into this one and I'm gonna, I'm gonna write a medium article and that's gonna be the website and the quality of the article. Have you at least heard the Bobby Brown <laughs> rap about Ghostbusters too? Absolutely not. <laughs> all the while, the slime was under gross. the building. That was actually my eighth yeah. music video of all time. <laughs> <laughs> do you want to? Oh, uh, do you care to explain why you haven't seen the Ghostbusters? <laughs> yeah, I'll, let me let me tell you why I haven't done something. Uh, <laughs> I don't but know. you have that you have that show where you haven't young. seen a movie. So maybe in maybe in my head, I'm like, okay, so he he purposefully doesn't see movies I to I keep. Haven't. I think it's because um, like lots of I have a lot of holes in in mid 80s to mid nineties, especially comedies and things i've never seen caddyshack or princess bride or like a lot of these like uh goonies like what would have been like my younger i don't know they're just my family wasn't huge on movies um so we just never really uh didn't i saw a lot of the simpsons growing up and that was like my only sort of thing that i sure 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 i get that but back to mike's point you run a show about not seeing movies i feel like you would have picked up movies now if i see ghostbusters i won't be able to sell quip toothbrushes anymore so, <laughs> no, I don't know. There's a lot of them I'm, I, I haven't seen. I just saw Back to the Future like a year and a half ago for the first time. I still. What'd you think? Oh, it's good. You guys should check it out. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Who's in it? I don't remember. I don't. I don't. I only saw the first one. If I could make a recommendation out of all the things you named, you should see the original Ghostbusters. Yeah. Yeah. Absolutely. I would go Caddyshack. I think really? you should see Caddyshack also. But did you guys watch the National Lampoon movie on Netflix? I think it was the with um, Will yes. Forte. Yes, 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 yes. I, I didn't realize that those guys didn't consider that 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 was such like a compromised movie. They considered that a failure as commutators because they had to do all these things like ha- have the uh, the groundhog gopher, the gopher. Um, oh, and I right. guess when when I watched it with that in mind, I'm like, oh yeah, it does have lots of funny moments. But definitely, you could see how it's a very compromised script if it came from people who are used to making like really great. You know, compare it to Animal House and Vacation, and it probably is a little. The gopher is weird, but I was a child when I saw it. Right, (laughs) right. And so, like, I fully accept things like Ewoks. Not mad about it, you know? Same, same. Uh, Rojo, what is the best show on TV? What's the show that comes out you're like, I'll put this shit up against anything? Oh, normally Succession. Yeah. Normally, I'll I'll put Succession up against anything. I think that shit though. But I just watched uh, Flatbush Misdemeanor. I just finished that on Showtime. I think that shit's great with Dan Perlman and Kevin Iso. Uh, they're New York comics, a half hour show about friends uh, going through a struggle in Brooklyn. But I think that's really funny. Remember I think funny Showtime's crushing comedy. All their stuff was when they were developing it because they've been working on with Flatbush Misdemeanors as like a. It was a, it was a long, they're like a JFL. Yeah. Remember the first year, like JFL did a, it's just something you want to make. They like want, that was still like six years ago when they won that. And they'd just been sort of like grinding out, trying to get this show made for a long time. I have heard good things about it. I still don't think it's worth paying. (laughs) (laughs) 
Hey guys, I still think I think you get the. I called the best show on TV is on this network. Steal it. Sure, but but I'm also saying you're gonna knock it out in a week. You get 30 day trial. You wait till every everything's out. Right that now, the like news millions is out. You plus's first problem was that everyone bought it, watched the Mandalorian, and canceled it. <laughs> And so they would get people for six weeks a year for their first. And then they were like, well, we'll just make everything, every comic book idea ever made into a seven week. You know, now they're kind of churning it out. Yeah. They, they dropped like a huge percentage when the Mandalorian ended. Uh, it's far, I want to talk about the vaccine for a second. Uh, I know people who will not get it. Have you, has anybody found success convincing people to get this thing that will not? Or how do you think, besides just screaming at them and calling them idiots, like how do you get people to fucking take this shit. Do you have to mandate it? What the fuck do you guys think people should do? I don't think, yeah, obviously nobody gets anywhere if they try to like badger people right. about it. So I, I think at this point, it's just going to have to kill enough people that people know that like, I think actually, if you look at the, I'm pretty obsessed with like the daily stats on COVID. It had been every day for a year and a half. If you go to worldometers.info, you can see all of the worldwide data and by country and by state and stuff. It's and weird this, that like, that spike... is where you found joy. Yeah, it's not joy. Neuroses <laughs> induced by a pandemic. Um, but the spike that we're in right now, like, I'm not, for, for one thing, like, it's not good trend-wise, but like number of cases-wise, it's still smaller than either of the two prior spikes so far. And then death-wise, there hasn't even been a spike bike really it's just been kind of consistent so like i'm not incredibly worried about it and also that spike has just started to precipitously fall off in the last two days indicating maybe people are seeing the stats about how 99 percent of hospitalizations and deaths are the unvaccinated i think it is turning a corner people are like okay i have to do this but they just have to see the date yeah you can't do it by telling them they're dumb you can't do it but hold on i'm dumb so i want to ask a follow-up to that so uh people are getting it but not necessarily dying as much is that what you're saying well yeah even during this latest mini spike of delta they are dying but like if you look at the actual chart of daily deaths in the u.s it's still kind of flat since the winter spike more or less so usually the deaths are like trailing two weeks behind the cases on charts but the deaths really haven't gone up that much. There still are deaths, and 99% of those are unvaccinated, so get vaccinated. Right. But but the actual case spike has suddenly dropped off, and the news was that, like, daily vaccinations are back up to over 800,000, where they were down to under half that before. So I think it is turning a corner, and there's no, there's no just, like, convincing someone one-on-one. You could send them a link to, like, a podcast. Sam Harris's latest podcast is a very good, just, like, data-based cost-benefit analysis to send to a loved one who doesn't think it's worth it. Because like, yes, there's a risk, but everything's a risk, but there's a huge benefit in that you could, I mean, when half the country is and half the country isn't, our country's already running the experiment and you can see the outcome, which is 99% of people who are dying are the, are the group that aren't vaccinated. So like, yeah, it should speak for itself. There's no point in yelling at people. It's just not gonna do anything. Anybody gonna yell at anybody? Anybody gonna <laughs> yell? No, that was like really uh, good information. I was like, really yeah. Since I've talked to someone who was like, yeah, I'd change my mind. <laughs> like about anything, yeah, let alone. Yeah. yeah. I, I, I hope, I hope I'm from Missouri, which is a comical state in the COVID situation now. And luckily my family, though, a gaggle of rednecks are generally full of uh, enlightened nurses and 
folks like that. So all vaccinating it was nice, but I just am, I don't know if, I don't know if I've ever been engaged with someone about this particular issue who I would thought was a podcast away. Yeah. Right. Yeah. No, you're right. Yeah. You, you can't get, I can't get family members to listen to my podcast. <laughs> Let alone just random Someone other content. Yeah. It's just That's, never going to work. I, I've, every time I've ever been talking to someone. They might like Sam Harris. It, it really does just evolve to like, but you, Clark Jones had this joke about like arguing people on the internet. And he's like, yeah, your tweet's longer, but come on, you know, you're wrong. Like, and that's kind of what it, that's how I feel. And I'm like, you just, but they're just digging in. And I just, am like, I, it's been a while since I've met someone who was information away from enlightenment. Right. That's Uh, interesting. I feel like people don't even make good faith arguments when they argue. Like, um, I think that there's like a thing in, that side that they just like i want to say the thing that makes you mad right i have to win this conversation about mm-hmm. all of our health yeah. yeah yeah it's all it's all ego based i have a friend who believes in QAnon. uh that's my fun. friend i mean a distance a distant acquaintance now because it was a little fucking crazy to hear it but she voted like there's just all up until the pandemic she we aligned with everything right and then proceed to see someone switch and believe they have information you don't have those are the type of people that will only do what they're gonna do even if like a family member dies of covid she's not getting the vax you know so it's like the hospital lying about it or something like that yes it's insane so ridiculous now i expect them to be on tape delay on nbc folks um but really (laughs) (laughs) like some people Uh, no matter how much you say like you can't convince them that they should see ghostbusters no (laughs) well it's the the same thing i don't know it's the same way i just don't want you know you see ghostbusters you use a credit card to buy the ticket then boom they're tracking where you're at (laughs) and i just but but Andy has a podcast that one podcast you can listen to, and I think you'll change your mind. It's just I <laughs> Sam Harris will convince you some a lot I'm of so stuff. So frustrated by it that I even have a hard time listening to people, like, say like, "Well, how would you talk?" I'm t- I don't know. I don't know anymore. I don't know how yeah. to. Talk. Is it, like, yeah, I'm, I think this is a weird like, and I I know why it wouldn't make sense, but I know this is where I think we have too much freedom. I know this shit. I know uh, we all fight for being having all this freedom. Like, <clears throat> I shouldn't be able to argue with a scientist. That shouldn't be something that's allowed as a regular fucking dude to just have and argue with someone who studies and knows fucking how shit gets transferred. And I go, no, no, just like the scientist. <laughs> Shut up. It's like that shouldn't be allowed. It's like if the scientist like was giving a, a lecture or whatever at a school and you waited to ask a question. You're like, well, a uh, flaming picture of uh, Ronald Reagan told me that you're wrong. And then you start arguing. And before they can respond, someone in the other aisle stands up and they're like, actually that flaming picture of, and then you guys just argue at that guy's show. That's what it is. <laughs> what, how it, far into science would you take this? Could you argue with an economist? Cause that's, is that a scientist? Like how far into science can I, you go? I think you, I think every 10 years we should have to take some sort of testing and whatever you fail out of, you don't get to say shit on that topic till the next <laughs> testing around. 
The people who pass it, they have opinions. The rest, we have to do what those people decide. I watched a documentary about Darwin, and it opens with this guy. Neil? Uh, Charles. Oh, Chuck, sorry. Chucky D. Uh, he, he, <laughs> Chuck D. <laughs> Chuck D, born the same day, the same year as Abraham Lincoln. Good day. Uh, he this opens with this, It opens with this Christian guy going, if the Bible told me two plus two equals five, I'd believe it. And I was like, why? Because it's not. <laughs> yeah, that's Kyle, Renee, Rojo, and Andy. Go ahead and hit subscribe. There's still more show. But if you want video of this panel and like 67 other panels, that's on the Patreon. Patreon.com slash Brido. B-R-I-D-O. If you want to support the show, that's where you go. Become a bona fide hunk. There's also World Series reviews. I posted 1952 and 1953 this week. That means it's almost time for The Catch. Find out what that means. I also posted my 23rd Chicago Comedy History bonus show this week with Carl Kozlowski. He had the second long-running alt show in Chicago that was popular. He wrote for the Tribune and various other publications. And he started an infamous anti-festival that you've heard other comics talk about in this series. So check that out on patreon.com slash brido. Also, the next Cardboard Comedy Show is August 14th. Just added, Lindsay Adams. That's next Saturday in Eagle Rock. Tonight, as you get this, I'm at Nightcap in Burbank. If you're in L.A., come say hi to me at one of those shows. Okay, we'll get right back into the show right after a brief word from our sponsors. This show is brought to you by No Coast Brazilian Jiu-Jitsu in Urbandale, Iowa, my beloved home state. Learn to defend yourself. Get back in shape. COVID made you way less hot. That can be fixed by Black Belt Instructor and Bonafide Hunk Jared Barr. He's been on the show. JJ motherfucking Barr. If you're in the Des Moines area, you can stop getting your ass kicked. Gogo Plata, the fuck out of life until it taps. No Coast Brazilian Jiu Jitsu. Tell them Brido sent you. Hi, this is Dustin with None Taken Podcast, and I have listened to Hunk with Mike Bridenstine. Hey, this is Alan with None Taken, and I also have listened to Hunk with Mike Bridenstine. And you clearly listen to Hunk with Mike Bridenstine, so maybe you'll like our show too. We post weekly episodes recapping current events and sharing way too much of our tragic personal lives. Give us a listen. You can find us wherever you found Hunk with Mike or go to our website, nuntakenpod.com. And now back to the world's greatest panel. Fuck yeah. All right, cool. <laughs> These guys fuck. <laughs> Thank you, Dustin and Alan. They're not kidding. They fuck. Now, here's the thrilling conclusion of Kyle, Renee, Rojo, and Andy. Go ahead and hit subscribe. If and when we were back to no more COVID stuff, how does comedy change? Does it stay the exact fucking same? As I asked this last week, and I was very interested in the answers, so I wanted to ask you guys. Uh, last week, they said outdoor shows seem more normal, stuff like that. Like So when we are back to whatever we get to, how does stand-up change, if at all? Uh, I, well, I, I don't think it's gonna, I, I think it depends where you live because I was just in New York, almost every show's inside. 
Oh. Like that I did. So LA is really going hard on the outdoor shows. And I'm sure, I'm sure there's outdoor shows I didn't do in New York, but I'm just saying like, I, I think people are going to find a way to, to just put it back. It'll just be less audience in each room personally. That's so what you were doing it's, it's inside at not full capacity or full capacity inside. I mean, Rojo could answer this, but uh, for me, it seemed I, like no I, one seemed to care about I told you, Brido, we going down with the ship in New York. Motherfucker, we <laughs> over it. I'm telling you, we I was I've seen people standing room only. We yep. are really going in. But I mean, a lot I have a lot of shows I've been to are asking for proof of vaccination. So there is that. You like level. to think that, you know, even if so you're vaccinated, you can carry this, you can do this, blah, blah. There are, it's not like it's just like you're put you know completely safe but it, hopefully just the limited access of not being vaccinated pushes enough people to get vaccinated that were where we could have been if we, we all stayed inside six weeks two years ago yeah well, yep. that have been tight. maybe that's what we eventually push towards and i think people are going to keep streaming shows i think you can kind of do a digital sort of you know we're we got this live show going on we'll be streaming it here and you can pay three bucks or, or whatever and stream the show on there zooms zooms the only one better on delta they're like, come on, Delta, hit them hard. We gotta get this shit back up. I know. It just feels like a, like almost like a generationally defining moment, and I would feel almost? weird. But it would feel <laughs> my, so so right. So my point is that it would feel weird if nothing changes with like with comedy. You know what I mean? Like it yeah, didn't it, changed with Vine. You know what I mean? Yeah, like yeah. yeah. Came out, and now two of those dudes fight people for money. I think yeah. that this is gonna. I think you're gonna see a lot of people that's who got true. famous on TikTok during all this start to do mm-hmm. some more stand-up spots, and there's gonna be different things happening with that. And you know, a lot of people took advantage of the digital medium being where all the eyes were for a while, and I think you're just gonna find a different influx of people. Yeah, I used to do shows with Jason Nash. Now he lives in a mansion oh, yeah. and gets his mom to marry his friends as a goof. Yeah, I was what? gonna ask when Classic Jason Nash goof. is gonna fight people. Yeah, <laughs> Pretty, it's coming. Yeah, I, I don't think there's gonna be, I mean, this is sounds pessimistic, but like things aren't ever gonna be like back to normal, like completely, mm-hmm. it's not like, because, you know, the, I think I'm pretty sure I, I should look this up, but I'm pretty sure every flu we ever have seasonally is like a derivative of Spanish flu of 1918. So like this is not going to go away. It's going to be just endemic. every like, flu part, we have is from. I believe uh, if that's wrong, then maybe edit it out. But um, the, the, no one thinks no one thinks <laughs> yeah, don't we're going to put misinformation out there. You'd be- <laughs> I know. I know. Um, but no, it's like we're not, this isn't going to go away. It's just going to be a thing that, that kills fewer people. And so the, the slowness of that return is going to mean a lot of people are going to stay in this pandemic mindset because it's also been so attached now to like your quality as a person and your tribal affiliation that like, I'm sure standup will seem pretty normal, but like, it's just going to be self-selecting. Like some people are just going to stay home and also judge those who go out for the next three or four years. Mm-hmm. So hopefully it doesn't, whatever. I'm sure the crowds are still super hungry. The ones that are comfortable going out, but um who knows? But I think, yeah, it's going to be part of yeah. our lives for years. That That's what I do think is very interesting right now. Uh, I think stand-up's the most fun right now. I think crowds yeah. are genuinely just fucking, and no matter what show I'm doing, they're just, they're, and there's an energy of being like, oh, we want to be here. Yeah. 
there's yeah. a more effort and stuff that is put into becoming an audience member than just sort of like getting a free ticket at the mall. And, <laughs> I posted uh, that on Instagram that I don't know if it's true necessarily or if it's like like how I just view it, but I feel like shows are better now. I'm wondering, and this might be, this is like kind of even more inside, is I think a lot of comedians are finding that they maybe don't necessarily need this, that many other people to make happen what they want to make happen. Everyone became a little bit better at becoming self-sufficient, and I think that maybe other people in the industry who were kind of intermediaries are worried about their uh, lack of necessity now. And are you going to fire your manager on this podcast? Oh, breaking <laughs> are you news. About to, are you about to fire your reps just, right now? He doesn't have the internet, so he won't see this. But, but <laughs> He doesn't have the internet. I'll, I was going to print it out for him if you could. Um, oh, that's great. <laughs> but I just think that, you know, people made it, this stuff happen. And when's the last time you did a podcast in person? Versus how often did you do one not in person before? And oh. what's the quality difference? It took us like three or four months to figure out the minimum technical specifications to continue to do comedy. And I think people are just going to become a little more self-sufficient with it all. Do you, if you guys had a choice, though, I mean, there's still a slight, the one thing you can't get around is like the time lag. And obviously in person is a little bit better just for like. Oh, yeah. Sounds better. Talking, yeah. not talking over each other and stuff. You know, whatever. Yeah, I would love right. it. It is pretty person. great. But, you know, this is pretty easy to organize people all over. But are you yeah. coming in from Joshua Tree to do this? Probably not. Well, I wouldn't be living in Joshua Tree if there weren't a global <laughs> pandemic. So I would be in L.A. I'm moving back whenever things. That's the thing is I also want to know when things are normal. I don't know what the barometer of that would be. Are you just going to Pappy and Harriet's every night? Are you going like, are you going, going to tonight? Are you going it to was, go ahead? It was closed for the first year. But um, yeah, now that it's open, I, I go when I can. Yeah. How often do you go to Country Kitchen? Country kitchen, I've still never set foot in for some reason. It's you, five minutes from my house. I don't know why. One of you needs to see Ghostbusters. One of you needs to go to Country Kitchen. Yes. Well, I've done him. <laughs> I've never been to Joshua Tree. I'm out. I've got guest bedrooms. Come visit. What if I just, you no longer saw me and I was just on my way? You just saw the <laughs> Then you walk in behind him over his shoulder. <laughs> I'm here. You said it was good in person? <laughs> i love joshua tree it is like one of my favorite things i'm unemployed right now so oh, we'll, now. we'll, we'll, we'll bring the delta to you andy <laughs> thank you yeah. don't you worry about running from the silly disease we'll bring it to you baby <laughs> it's actually my most like cynical of, of like upsetness i have because I've so I've been approached by people, especially last time I was I, I was home visiting my parents in Missouri, and you wear a mask, and people like are offended that you you know they what do you I so badly want when someone asks me what I want to pull the mask down and be like oh I have it and then put it right back up and walk away somebody so did that so early on and got arrested for terrorism what that's illegal now you can't just be, you can't be like <coughs> or anything thanks, like Obama. that I wouldn't even know right. I just tell them I had it thanks Obama. just tell them I had it you know but I guess that might uh, yeah I was in Houston in a, in a Hyatt, thank you very much, and uh, this was a few weeks ago, and I had a mask on because I don't trust these fucks, and this girl laughed at me, and I everything in me wanted to, if I could fight, I had tried to fight her, because she insulted me with that giggle, and I was like, Bitch, she probably have an probably STD, <laughs> yeah, I hope she does, I hope she's dead. 
Jeez. Put a mask on your vagina, bitch. Just walk away. It's like, what's that? I mean, I watched a video of Limp Biscuit at Lollapalooza, and he was the most sane-looking person there. Was Fred Durst, and I was like, now I, I don't know what's going on. I saw him I'm like this. Looks like he's got his shit figured out. Well, he I'm wore happy. his big wig and his Hogan mustache. I don't even. I hope that wasn't a wig. I hope he's just walking around looking like if I tried to draw a David Byrne on stage, and. <laughs> I tried to talk about the Woodstock 99 documentary last week mm. and no one has anyone seen that thing? No. I okay. started watching it last okay. night. I We lived it, bro. Yeah, I'm kind of obsessed with this era of like <laughs> no, music, didn't. like the new metal stuff because I feel like it's so bad that no one will ever have nostalgia even for this era of like music like Corn, Kid Rock and Limp Bizkit and as soon as I said that He's like, I'm going to put on a funny wig and a mustache and everybody's going to talk about me. It seems like he's killing it. I mean, last time I saw Fred Durst, he was karaokeing a Limp Biscuit song at a bar. And there's, if you want to see the saddest video you've ever seen, watch this man have to look at the little TV in the chili to read the lyrics to the song he wrote. That's sad. Now he's like got this cool jacket. That's great. That's a big turnaround. He's what got a song jacket. was it? I don't even know. But I think it was just one of the spoken word tracks. <laughs> But the first 30 minutes of that Woodstock doc is just, there's all they're talking about is how many boobs were being shown. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Seriously. Yeah. I was like, all right. That felt I weird. They're like, and the cameras kept cutting to the boobs. And I was like, well, you're doing it now. So what? So where are <laughs> <Right>. we? <laughs> and then Offspring, there was a scene where uh, the lead singer of Offspring announces, don't, if these girls want to crowd surf, don't manhandle them. And I'm like, wow. When offspring has to speak out <laughs> on behalf of the women, this this must have been the most fucked up place ever. That was after they, came, they smashed all the heads of a boy band with a bat. Uh, yeah, when they came for offspring, I said nothing because I was not. <laughs> because I have no offspring. Because <laughs> 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 I must keep them separated. That's a yes. reference to a song. do that. Oops. <laughs> Thank you for saying that. Speaking of '90s nostalgia, just an hour ago, I was listening to this podcast on Spotify called um, "It Is it, the 60 Songs That Explain the '90s," and I was listening to the 60? one about Sammy. Char I don't know why '60. <laughs> I've, I've only listened to this one song, but the one about Sammy Charmed Life is pretty oh. awesome. Oh, but he's uh, it's Third Eye Blind, and the lead singer was this yeah. notorious asshole. He's the guy that everybody of that era has something bad to say about like the guy from matchbox 20 the guy from smash mouth the uh, uh but he, he dated charlie's theron before she was big he was like a superstar in san francisco he's just a ridiculous like rock star caricature the podcast is, is great it makes you love and hate him and he also is, dated vanessa carlton oh the song is what? great i actually yeah. love that song he dated vanessa yeah. carlton for a while i don't know who that is i'm gonna be honest thousand, thousand miles yeah that's the proclaimer. No, that's double. They doubled up the mileage on, on the proclaimer. <laughs> they sure did. They sure did. Five hundred is the that's inflation. Yeah. <laughs> they would both walk. How they would walk a five hundred miles? Technically, they both walked a thousand because the proclaimers would walk five hundred and they would walk five hundred. Five hundred more. more. So it's kind You're of right. You're but right. There's, reboot but there's two of song. them. Maybe they're side by side. Oh like shit. Yeah. <laughs> One set of footprints. Bella yeah. <laughs> Lugosi. Yeah. One disclaimer held the other. Kippy Strug, Bella Lugosi. Uh, Andy, I want you to play my icebreaker game since you've never done this before. Uh, what is a perfect movie? Uh, 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 Miller's Crossing? 
What is that? Miller's Crossing, the Coen Brothers movie with Gabriel Byrne. I haven't seen it. Oh, I think it's the best Coen Brothers movie. It's, yeah, it's my favorite thing that, um, oh my God, who, why can't I think of, who is the guy in Do the Right Thing and tons of Coen Brothers movie? It plays Barton Fink. Oh, Turturro. John Turturro oh, is yeah, amazing yeah, yeah. in it. Um, it's, it's, a, it's a gangster movie, which I don't usually love. Like it's, you know, set in the 30s. Uh, but it's like, I can't sell you on why it's great, except to say if you haven't seen it and you like Coen Brothers movies, yes. it's all right. Go see, go rent it tonight. Miller's Crossing. Yeah. Cool. What is your favorite dumb right. conspiracy the theory? Chance. Yeah, obviously birds aren't real. Obviously, it's the best conspiracy theory. What? If you go to birds, <laughs> go to birds aren't real, birds aren't real .com for an explanation of what this is. Uh, it's, it's a theory. That's just nope, not going. <laughs> you ain't gonna get me. You ain't getting me to go. I'm not. I'm not joking when I say birds like aren't some... real. They've got the whole thing figured out. Somewhere around like in the 80s, uh, they were all replaced with with robots. Um, They've got the whole thing figured out. Birds <laughs> <laughs> aren't real. I was like, I wonder if people just do ay ayahuasca and stuff in Joshua Tree. And he's like, all right, birds aren't real. And I'm like, okay, I gotta get that. I gotta get. I hope the Delta ravages us and I move out there. Uh, it's a movement. Uh, it's a movement. Okay. Truth yeah, yeah, yeah. tour. Truth tour. Join the move. Join. Uh, oh, yeah. They want your email. Yep. Yeah, so birds are not real, so that's my favorite fact. Tell those people that I walk past a tree every day with my dog where dead birds fall out of it, and I have to hey. have him avoid eating the dead birds. Those are robots. Oh, those Jesus. Are, are robots. Is that what they think it is? They think it's uh, tiny robots that malfunction and fall Let me just read the trees? to you from um... the scripture. Okay. Let me just read. It's actually based on a science fiction book from the mid-20th century. That was the point of uh, of Jurassic Park, though, right? Birds aren't real. That's what they got confused. They're like, the dinosaurs are robots in the movie. That's how they made it. Birds okay, are dinosaurs yeah. are birds. Birds the are di robots. The government extinguished over 12 billion birds between 1959 and 1971. This is a long, the about section of this is too long to read 23 men within the Boeing engineering department traveled to area 51 in the back of an old school bus they purchased from a salvage yard in Mulkiltio, washington that's very specific they were seen by a few individuals bringing couches and rugs into the bus and heard discussing and i quote really cool playlists for the road trip oh wait a second okay this is all just like tongue-in-cheek okay oh um, you're just discovering birds <laughs> are probably real <laughs> this is when we find out that Andy wait, 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 moved wait. to Joshua Tree just for this. Oh, oh boy, no. <laughs> never Dear read about you it. You didn't sell any belongings, did you? To... I mean, whatever. I think some people actually believe it. Um, <laughs> I mean, of course, of course. Some shirtless people. Oh, <laughs> uh, I can't find the actual year when they killed them all and replaced them. But yeah, sometime between those twelve years, they killed twelve million birds and replaced so them. With... Oh my God, this is so long. I'm, 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 for, real. I'm for this. Really, uh, my favorite conspiracies are the the government is wildly inept and can't do anything, but can also enact this giant thing that right. never leaks out type yeah. of stuff. Yeah, I like the crazy stuff about how Hillary Clinton's too dumb to beat Trump, but also is runs the world and how like mm -hmm. oh, I just love these sorts of things. Everyone's a lizard, but also uh, they're. <laughs> yeah, yep, yeah, I agree. I, I think I got a... my oh, it's yours. No, go ahead, Renee. No, I was just going to say, mine is that everyone, th the conspiracy that Stevie Wonder isn't blind. That's fun. Because oh. how one, could he yeah. sing so good if he was really blind? He's, he once looked at a baby in its eyes. 
there's like shit like that. And Didn't like, Shaquille O'Neal say he once walked into an elevator and Stevie Wonder said, what's up, big man, to Shaq when he walked in? I never heard that, but I wouldn't doubt it. What if a person like I mean, three feet above you goes, hey. Yeah, <laughs> yeah thank you. <laughs> I don't know. It depends on if I'm famous and blind or not. Are a couple of factors I'm taking in before I <laughs> guess. You know how you know what would happen to me if I guessed someone was Shaquille O'Neal and I was wrong? I'd probably get yelled at on the internet. <laughs> if I was like, you look and you feel and sound like Shaquille O'Neal, and a stranger was like, I'm Eric. Yeah, that's Just worse. Your hands up his body. That is He's worse than a pregnancy guess. Who's the greatest living American? Ooh, I mean, right now I'm a little biased. It just happened, but Caleb Dressel is a perfect human. So, yeah. All right. Wait, was he the the, the Olympian? Is that what we were saying? Yeah, just five golds and broke the world record again, 100 fly, Olympic records in the 50 and the 100. First man to ever win all three of those events and won Olympics. Is he the one with a cool tattoo? Yeah. Yeah, he's got the art. He's got the sleeve of he's like got a, a tattoo. Eagle and a bear. Yeah, he's got a tattoo. He's the perfect American. It is pretty unfounded for someone to be so great at the 50 and also anything else in swimming. Yeah. And Are you a swimmer also, Kyle? Yeah. Ah, yeah. It's. I mean, the fact that he had basically the records in every stroke when he finished NCAAs is nuts. So. I think that I was just talking with someone about this yesterday. We've all been so wildly spoiled with the longevity of Michael Phelps that we don't understand how insane other swimmers are because there's fairly dominant swimmers across the board right now. Right, um, right. But people don't, you know. We created a new like common noun for being good at swimming. Like Phelps was so incomparable. It's like Tiger Woods. It's going to be really hard until there's another golfer that enters everyone's head. Right. Doesn't matter how good they are. Did you guys not feel like bringing up Katie Ledecky because you're sexist or because she's she not didn't as... have the Olympics that Dressel had? She's one of the all-time greats, but she did not have the Tokyo Games that that our boy Caleb had. Picture Plus, her eagle tattoo now. Greatest living eagle. American. What's that? I think Keenan Thompson's my greatest living American. Okay. <laughs> I'm, a, sorry, I'm a Kel guy, but made us right. laugh his whole life. Yeah, a Kel guy. That I I saw Kel at a show in New York once. Show up to a bar show and then hang in the back. He had two chicks with him and hang and kind of wait till someone was like, "Hey, is that Kel?" But nobody did. And he just. <laughs> Okay, this is like three comics and then just left. My version of this full of chains. He looked great. My version of this happened in Portland at the Bridgetown Comedy Festival, and it was Gallagher. Gallagher. Oh my god. He very much wanted recognized outside of a venue, and I took a picture with him. And then at one point, like there was like a, a situation where everybody had the same picture with him in front of the venue, and he's making like the same facial expression and everything. It was like one of the weirdest. And in the conversation with him, he referred to Obama as a half freaking American, and I just looked at him and I go, "Ugh," and I walked away. <laughs> it was like well, he doesn't respect anything. Yeah. yeah. Oh man, he doesn't Imagine even respect fruit. How is he going to respect that? <laughs> yeah, he doesn't. Real disrespectful. Imagine that's he's hate, on here crime, and you're talking about 90s stuff, and someone's like, I really like smashing, and he, like, perks up. It's always pumpkins. It's always pumpkins. Never watermelons. <laughs> he was on... 
he was on my podcast that we did live at that Bridgetown, and it was a, it was our most listened to and most problematic episode. But one of the one of the lesser problematic things, but still interesting, is that he claims to have invented the concept of splashing as entertainment. Yes, like he says, Shamu Shamu ripped him off. Yes, like he, he laid the groundwork for wow. people liking to get splashed, and then SeaWorld capitalized on that by having Shamu come out and You're- splash people and. You already know he didn't invent splashing if he's calling it groundwork. (laughs) (laughs) He's also really mad about the band Guar, who he calls Quar. (laughs) I interviewed the director of this, of uh, Josh Forbes. He's making a documentary about Gallagher. I like, he really believes that he is like this super genius that was like, yeah. Is it like this misunderstood and boy, has he taken some strange turns in his career lately? Yeah. The main thing that drives that guy is ego. Like seeing him on the podcast, like he, he just really thinks he is owed this, this debt by the society for his greatness. He said he would do this podcast if I could introduce him to Scott Disick. <laughs> Shut your fucking mouth. 100% real. And I was, <laughs> so I tweeted at Scott Disick, no response, but. He doesn't know who Gallagher is. Disick's not he coming on the today. Kardashians. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, Gallagher. You can you can reach him through his daughter if you if you if you need Gallagher for anything. Didn't his you... brother take over the act? Yes. And now he's Gallagher too. He wanted to franchise it because he could only perform in one place a night. And I so... don't hate this at all. What a fucking <laughs> genius idea. Franchise yourself? Oh, well, it's like wow. Blue Man Group did People it. People yeah. Chick-fil-A all over the country every day. There's franchises. Yeah. But yeah. I think, is, isn't it true that what happened was the, the deal was two was going to do smaller markets than one? Yes. Smaller melons. Then, smaller then melons. Then was, <laughs> yes. <laughs> kiwis. Smashing kiwis. Kiwis. He's <laughs> But then as one star started to fade, they're competing for the same size venues. So you had to be like, hey, two, you got to cut it out. I need to play these uh, rec halls in Dubuque. Yes. You can't also so many VFW. Shout out, shout out to Dubuque. People who have seen him recently are just like, it is the saddest thing. Which one? <laughs> one. But two is great. Well, two's, okay. Two's, great. two's killing it. Subtext to what two is doing, because he goes by Gallagher T-O-O. That's the thing. <laughs> Yeah, which is really smart. Yeah, it's he goes by two smash, two furious, and shut the fuck up. It's a good joke. God, I hope that's the tour name. Two smash, two furious, but other than that, I hope that's the tour name so badly. Do you think when you're there, your family? Yeah, just like Olive Garden. Do you feel like they um? ever look at each other in the eyes and they like flip their little hair and then each pull out a melon. Like, do you want to go? Like, do you think that's how they resolve? I think that they've had a massive falling out. How he's Gallagher too. I don't know. You can't, you can't fall out with your franchisee. Is that what he is? I don't even know. I don't know. Yeah. Uh, That's that's, that's Noel, right? Noel and Liam is their names. (laughs) Uh, we know what their names are, yeah. and there's a number in one of them. <laughs> Gallagher one, Gallagher also. So, yes, <laughs> as well. And then a lot of you guys have done this final question, but Andy has not. 
I have a time machine. It's a not, this is for the question. It's a t- it's the worst time machine ever. You can only Don't go. Don't take me serious, Andy. Birds Don't are not you real. Come down here <laughs> thinking I got a time machine to he, save all these birds. He believes birds <laughs> are real. I just want to make sure I'm clear. <laughs> you can only go to any moment in comedy history that you want to go to. And you have, and that's where it goes. So where are you going to see any performance? God, you can't say the comedy boom of the late '80s because that was just full of so much hackiness. Um, Tulsa, Oklahoma even... had three clubs. Crazy. I mean, I guess it'd be interesting to see the earliest days of like um, uncabaret, like the the birth in the early '90s of LA alt comedy. Luna Park. Maybe that. What's that? Luna Park. Is that where that was at first? Yeah, it's confusing because there's one in New York called Luna Lounge, but that's where Luna all- Lounge was here. Yeah, and yeah. The Luna Park was L.A. where Uncabaret was. Yeah, I mean, I, I guess I feel lucky because I feel like I've gotten to see what would be like. Well, that's my, my next question. Save, stick a pin right. in this because the next one is like, what were you at that you can brag that you're like, I was at this shit like for comedy? Like you can be like, I was there when Andy Dick uh, in Portland uh, did the Andy Dick stuff. Yeah, I mean, my favorite show, I think, was I probably think call that between... a brag. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah. <laughs> I think that, that's more of you a court issue than it yeah. is. That's a deposition. <laughs> I mean, I did almost kill Andy Dick. You guys know that, right? Did you? That's a my, good brag. My, that's my, a good. That's a great brag. My festival almost killed him. Like we, he was he was billed to us by his agent as being sober, so we agreed to have him, knowing he's a shit show. And I guess part of me was like fine it'll be interesting no matter what so i sort of brought this on myself and then he was sober for the first of the four days and then he fell off the wagon hard and then i watched a lot of it happen yeah so not only did we have to refund a lot of tickets to his one one man show which was called a sober hour with andy dick because he was like half an hour late and blacked out drunk and and he was in drag and he taped his penis to his leg but he had to pee but he was too fucked up to untape it himself so like Someone who worked just as like an usher at the venue, not even an employee of the festival, had to help untape his dick as they're being peed on by Andy Dick. So Sounds it was, awful. Yeah, it was a bad, it was a bad time. And then at the end of the weekend, he didn't get on his plane and just disappeared into the city. After I was arguing with him in the hotel lobby a Sunday morning, I'm like, Andy, we've got a car outside for you. If you don't get in it now, you're not going to get your plane home. And then he just looked at me. He's like, you know what? You are, you're a fun killer. And then like this convertible rolled up. I swear to God, a convertible with like two guys in tennis sweaters. The matching, it, the twin, the matching twins. Yeah. And he yeah, just yeah, yeah. They, like snapped their fingers and Andy Dick dove in the back of the convertible and sped off into Portland. It was just gone for three or four days. And his reps were like, hey, if you guys could, could you just tweet out to Portland that if you see Andy Dick, have them call his, our, his manager? Yeah, Portland. Um, that anyway. was a fun year, though. That was a it great was festival. Fun. Really was, fun festival year. It was. Thank you. It was good. It always, <laughs> always fun. He didn't die, but the, the show would be, I guess, one of those all night um, comedy death ray parties. They did. I went to, even though I didn't live in LA, I came down 2005 and six for these 12, 14 hour shows. Oh, that that's your moment that you have been to. Yeah. Either that. Where or are you going in your time see... machine though? Where are you going? Oh, I guess, I guess, I guess uh, early nineties to uncabaret. Oh, right, right, right. Okay. Yeah. First yeah, yeah. days of LA alt comedy. Uh, so those all-nighters, I mean, they were just like a who's who, you know, everybody that we know from, from that scene who became stars a few years later or already were, you know, like your Zach Galifianakis and Todd Glasses and Bob Odenkirk's were all there. 
um, maybe the, my favorite show was at the old Largo. I also like flew down from LA some weekend, I think mainly because of this, but the naked trucker, did you ever, do you know the naked trucker show? Oh, is it's, that? Um, uh, Keckner, yeah, David, David Keckner. Keckner. Yes, and, yes, 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 yes. Yeah. Dave Gruber Allen. Um, that show is just like the funniest. I don't know why it didn't take off more. I went to see that in the old, you know, tiny Largo on Fairfax and the opening band was Tenacious D, who had to do it uh, secretly and called themselves Standing O, callback, uh, because of like they couldn't advertise they were doing this show. So it's like a, you know, eight. Those were Renee's nickname for years. Yeah. <laughs> so seeing that. I can't Tenacious believe you guys are sitting. I can't believe you guys are sitting. <laughs> Your mom's not here. But yeah, that, 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 that show was, uh, was, I just like hurt. I was hurting for hours laughing does anybody have a i was there for that type of story those are always fun to me like Probably. something yeah. like the andy dick thing like i was <laughs> there when a, a train wreck happened uh anything yeah. oh, did a show that i run uh you may remember ron jeremy from trying to forget about him he did a show <laughs> i had a show called first comes love where yeah. i put an ad on craigslist and said i was a porn producer and asked for scripts and so then comedians would act out the uh uh, solicited submission scripts from strangers all over the world and somehow he got booked through the brooklyn comedy festival they were like we have some comedian ideas for your show and he was just like in the list you know what i mean it's like oh i could have uh kyle Ayers, and you could have like rojo perez and, i mean we got ron jeremy if you and i'm like is that hold on and so he comes <laughs> obviously it's like a porn show whatever but it's just a big joke the show's a big like dumb joke like sex positive party and he shows up he's memorized his whole script even though, oh and i have him doing a cosby show spoof that someone sent in which is oh, like extra layers to it now um yeah because i didn't even you know i just looked up this cosby stuff and people is is crazy um <laughs> if you have <laughs> you guys should listen to we're uh, talking about letter uh, yeah. six right uh so he <laughs> a little bit before the show he's being like what very professional like more than you could ever expect more i'd never plan on talking to this guy and then he just comes up to me. He's like, um, I got a friend who's got a couple uh, tigers. They're real small. Would they help the show? And I was like, yeah. 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 Of course they would. You don't want to think How about small? So he pulls yeah. out his flip phone and he scrolls <laughs> tigers NYC, which means there's multiple Gary Tigers, there's multiple Tiger guys in NYC, or there's multiple Garys in New York. Gary Tiger. There's a couple overlap. And then he calls a guy, and he's like, yeah, they're little, they'll bring him. And I'm like, great. Just like a few minutes before the show, though. What venue is this, Kyle? Meeting Factory. Whoever's like, Meeting Factory comes back, and and they're like, I don't know why I have to say this. (laughs) We can't have Tigers here. (laughs) (laughs) So... I'm gonna just say for everybody, nothing, not and nothing that you think is squeaking by, like that sort of like thing. And the show actually was pretty good, and he's very professional. But then he passed out uh, eating food in a booth, and you were just like, it sort of felt like a late Gallagher type of situation. People would recognize him, but the problem he was having was that people were recognizing him, and so. Also, that's how I'd expect to see. Ron Jeremy, if I ran into him, right, like in passed the- out in a booth eating, Just eating food. For yes, the there was this. Um, I did a show in Iowa, and there was this. Uh, it was like a Chicago underground. You might have been there, Renee. 
Uh, and this woman's okay. like, I do porn. Here's our, here's my DVD. I want to give it to you. I was there. I was there. <laughs> Real. It was called Being in Ron Jeremy because he was, a, there was a documentary called Being Ron Jeremy and it made it sound porny, but it's like, it's the opposite. He's in, anyway, uh, <laughs> one night, like somebody was at my place. They're like, let's put it on. All it is is a like a camcorder of them talking and then it says then it cuts to black and it's like we ran out of battery during the sex scene we apologize and that's it <laughs> that's great yeah i got it for free i didn't really pay anything i really love that a lot <laughs> me too wes anderson puts that slide <laughs> movie he has and he's like we ran out of battery but just picture a lot of symmetrical people <laughs> Well, let me ask you this: So, of all the Bridgetown, like, what is your fondest memory of here? If they were like, "What is the greatest thing that ever happened at Bridgetown?" What would you say? Greatest thing? Uh, uh, oh man, that's way too much. Okay, what's in no, the? No, actually, what's up there? I mean, like a thing that was like a great full circle thing for me. The first comedy tape I ever owned was E equals M O squared from Emo Phillips. So getting to have this guy who got me obsessed with stand-up in the first place mm-hmm. at my festival, I mean, yeah. that's, that's pretty sweet. I still think he's one of the best joke writers of all time. But there's yes. no irony to that love or anything. It's the, yeah, yeah. I don't have to say that. Yeah, he's phenomenal. Like, so that's great. But I mean, tons of really fun moments with like, I love the show Baked that Brendan Small and Steve Agee did where they'd have these, I mean, Brendan Small already one of the best guitar players alive and their backing band has guys who played with Zappa and stuff like, seeing them play the show was uh, comedy and then the comics would also sing a song with the band um i don't this man there's too many things um uh, yeah just just getting to have these people that i've been roho thinks he knows obsessed one. with oh roho what is uh, best no I, i'm sorry i got something that other festivals have tried to do and i think bridgetown was the only one i ever saw it work having a non-stop open mic Oh yes, that's the, and you would have every comic who just did their shows pop through and just stand on a fucking table and yell at drunks, and it was <laughs> yeah. so fun. But it was just consistent. Like I, I for- thought that shit was great. Now that you mentioned that, I forgot how great, especially Brody Stevens, late great Brody Stevens. He just owned his favorite thing to do was keep coming back to that open mic and win over these crowds <laughs> in the middle of the night. It was just so him. fun. Yeah, miss you, Brody. All right, this will be out Friday. Anybody, anybody want to plug anything? Anybody got dates that they want to plug? Uh, show dates, not your personal lives? I, forgot, I do have a thing at Permanent Records Roadhouse on August 27th. Uh, Brian Cook and I do a show called Guilty Treasure, where comics uh, pick a song they're embarrassed to love. We talk to them about it, then they sing it with the band. It's great. I've seen clips of that. That looks so fucking awesome. Yeah. Thank you. August 27th, come out. Permanent Records okay. Roadhouse. Oh, yeah. I saw Baron Vaughn doing Millie Vanilli with Bronger. And it, like, it was pretty <laughs> fucking great. The show is my favorite thing I get to do. Yeah, it's really fun. It was awesome. Anybody else? Anybody got anything? Uh, 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 my album's out. It's called Words. Uh, it's streaming on everything. It'd be nice if you guys just hit play. You ain't really even got to listen to it. Just, just fucking it. hit play. Lower that, lower that volume. There you go. <laughs> Oh, I'll be in Vegas uh, doing a comedy show with a bunch of wrestlers right after SummerSlam on August 21st. Whoa. Which wrestlers? Uh, I don't know the full lineup yet, but it's definitely Dolph Ziggler will be one of the guys. 
Um, and probably like The Miz and other people, they'll tell stories and then they, he has a few comics do real sets in between. There will be fake birds there. <laughs> Go to comicsartreal.com for that info. Kyle, I feel like you did. You want, did you want to plug something? Oh, I, yeah, I got some road stuff in like the southeast and um, Midwest. Just find me online. Ooh, that hard sell. Check out yeah, the, give me that hard sell, Kyle. Want to come see? Yeah. I got a talk box. I've been using this talk box to do crowd work at Peter Brandon. So if you want to see that bit, come out with a straw. I got it all behind me right now. Yeah. Yeah, that's Kyle, Renee, Rowe, and Andy. Go ahead and hit subscribe. I will tag them on Twitter and Instagram. Give everybody follow on social media. I promise you they want a follow. Okay, Richie Serjenko is back. Thanks to listener and bonafide hunk Jacob Vick for requesting him. I want to play you a quick video. I posted the Twitter link on the Patreon, but it's on Twitter at Manar Jarban at M-A-N-A-R-J-A-R-B-A-N. This is Richie in Venice on the boardwalk, inches away from two different cops' faces. Here's this clip. Get in the car. This is public space. We're going to talk about the new ordinance regarding the unhoused, but I want to talk to him about this video first. If you listen to the show, you know Richie. He's the one at the top who says I have the biggest names in comedy. You already know him, and you already like him. But if you don't, he's an organizer with the People City Council, and he does not fuck around. Oh, and I know that a lot of people are looking to be pissed or litigious about Richie and things that he says. So, this is parody. It's fair use. Allegedly. It's been alleged. Don't try this at home. All that good stuff. Just a fair warning. And yeah, Google LASD gangs. So without further ado, here's Richie Serjanko. Hey, buddy. Hey, what's up? What's going on? I saw a video of you in Venice. And you are bullying the fuck out of two police officers who are fully armed. Will you tell me what happened before we started rolling the video? And will you tell me uh, just your general, how is, how is the reaction gone for you? Are you invincible? What happened? No, I'm definitely not invincible. 
but have have we talked oh, oh, on here um since i since i saw the sheriff in venice i don't think we ever uh, talked about that. no so that so that was one one thing where i saw sheriff villanueva in venice shirtless and, on the beach with his tats no he doesn't want to take his shirt off uh, okay. you know why. okay you know why yeah, uh, he big nipples. He's got that. big nipples. Uh, that's what it is. So Alex Villanueva had basically, I want to say, been avo- avoiding um, public criticism and probably specifically um, me. But he had called out the People City Council on his Instagram Live like the day before. And he was like, you know, these are well-funded activists. They're, you know, billionaires that live on the West side. Um, he was just basically, he was lying about us. And then, you know, you earlier- You got a billion the- dollars, bro? I wish. I wish. I wish I wasn't fucking broke. Um, you and, and Rihanna are billionaires now? Yeah. Uh, well, because we're getting married, so. Oh, well, wonderful. Congrats. <laughs> um uh, no, so so we so you know I look for any opportunity to bird dog this guy, whether online or in person, and um, you know we found out that he was coming to Venice, um, and you know I just waited around for him, and he tried to do a little a little stunt on the beach, but um, you know I I made sure and some other folks made sure to disrupt it, um, and you know we we you know asked him some questions. Um, like to take a shirt off and show us his tattoos um or is he covering up the murder of andres guadardo um andres guadardo was an 18 year old that was shot and killed uh he was shot in the back um and he was killed for gang initiation uh for by deputies in compton uh the compton sheriff station is home to the compton executioner's deputy gang um so they shot and killed andres guadardo for initiation into the deputy gang executioner um, he's also uh, presides over a department that um, uh, has 18 deputy gangs within it. So, you know, when we saw him, you know, we had to disrupt that. So that was one thing. And then I had I faced, you know, you know, obviously people on our side liked it and amplified it and all of that. But there was definitely some pushback from from the cop cop lovers from the chuds. Fast forward to a month later. You know, I thought I had gotten it bad when uh, I confronted Villanueva, um, but that video, you know, probably got a couple hundred thousand views. Um, but in Venice, this video ended up getting millions of views across platforms. Well, you know? it's kind of shocking. Yeah. So I'll so I'll explain the situation. So that day in Venice, um, so so there's also you know some some more backstory to it. In Venice, they um, that's where Villanueva was, uh, and his plan was to arrest the people living on the boardwalk and and bring them downtown, arrest them and bring them downtown. That plan never came to fruition, but there was a enforcement plan put by the city and Mike Bonin and LAPD where the cops um, for about a month were, um, well, some people, people were offered housing, but there were ways that the cops were interacting with unhoused people and locals on the beach, um, sometimes in the middle of the night from 2 to 5 a.m., which I was monitoring. Um, they would wake people up and ask them to move into certain zones and, and blah, blah, blah. Um, so they, but they would do it during the day as well. So we went down there 
um, on a Saturday and we were witnessing, I literally witnessed them like chase an on-house person down the boardwalk, like literally like run after them. And, and I captured that. And then I also captured them like closing off someone's uh, vending space because they happened to be next to someone that was that was living on the boardwalk. So they were basically harassing people and chasing people around that lived there, like unhoused people and locals. Um, so I had had witnessed it and I was, you know, just documenting it. And we were standing over by the basketball courts and um, this cop car starts to back up and, you know, I didn't get out of the way and, you know, they, they can make their way around me or find, you know, find different ways. Um, and I didn't, I didn't get out of the way and the cop, you know, puts the car in park and hops out and he goes, get out of the way, tough guy. And I walk up to him and he goes, what the fuck are you going to do about it? And I'm like, well, in my head, I'm like, bro, you know, we can't get into a fist fight right now. We're like we literally cannot fight. Because if we if we get into a fist fight, he can beat me, tase me, shoot me, arrest me, all of those things. So why are you stepping to me as though we can come to blows right now? You know we can't. Right. And so so then I was like, oh well, there's a crowd around me. I know my partner's gonna start filming me, and now I'm gonna embarrass you. You got out of the car. Now I'm gonna make sure you get back in the car. This happened in and- your head that quick. You're like, I this dude can't do. We can't fucking fight. It's being yeah. filmed. Let's do a little flip of the script on this guy. Oh yeah. Well, I know I know my rights. I'm well within my rights to yell at the cops, right? Like I we we can yell at the cops. Um, but also I am white and I understand that black and brown folks do not want to engage with the cops in that way because the cops are taught to escalate on black and brown folks. They're taught that black and brown folks are are a target for them. You know, they they perpetuate violence against black and brown communities over and over again right so i understand that um non-white folks cannot approach police or talk to police the way that i do so knowing so having that knowledge as well knowing my rights knowing that oh i'm a white guy and and now i'm just gonna i'm gonna punk i'm gonna I, in my head i was like oh i'm gonna punk you now because you thought you could step to me like we could fight you know we can't fight there's a crowd around and I know this is going to be filmed. And so now I'm going to embarrass you. I'm going to, and so the cop brought it upon, upon himself and um, he got back in the car and his partner got back in the car. And uh, there were people that were watching that um, applauded my behavior. And I got a bunch of love on, on social media from folks on our side and then your boy Tom Arnold and the lib <laughs> friend of the show, friend of the show. Uh, you know, if you ever have him on again, you should talk to him about this. But the a bunch of libs got a hold of um, this video, and they were like, uh, "You know, someone call his employer and let him like let him know like he shouldn't be treating the cops like this. This is like you know white white privilege. Like, how do they think?" Tom, they in fairness, Tom said that he wouldn't let somebody talk to him that way, and. Tom's not a cop, but well, he he. Tom also said that uh, he would have given the cop the okay to to go off on me to potentially un unlive. <laughs> yeah, me. that's not okay, Tom. I don't know. Uh, that's I'm not a, I'm not a fan of that. But I'm gonna have you on someday with Rachel Bittacoffer and Tom Arnold, and you'll get to say your piece. Have you have you talked to Rachel recently? No. 
yeah she's i don't i haven't seen much of her online either uh i've probably because i i don't follow her from any i don't know how i think her predictions probably didn't go so great and they were she had her five minutes just like nate silver kind of did yeah yeah she pretty pretty basic uh analysis uh and was just pitching for an msnbc job in the middle of our conversation i was like oh she wants to work at msnbc oh it was was obvious yeah yeah so yeah and i I thought of you immediately during that and i got the exact text messages i was afraid i would get from you yes (laughs) yes uh but it's okay you you know you didn't you didn't call her again but but then so not only did the libs have an issue um fortunately you know i had some some leftists and some radical folks you know have my back and explain you know this is uh a use uh, of privilege but also um given context of why i was yelling at the cops these people freaking out um they a lot of people didn't understand uh what was going on right um and you know they were they were just judging me based on you know their own worldview and they and they couldn't accept you know uh uh, why a a white guy was shouting down a cop at the beach anybody talk about those triceps though there were a lot (laughs) of uh they my my partner uh was laughing because uh she was getting a lot of replies saying damn the big buff white guy uh you know did the right thing and you know he he used his power a lot of a lot of people were were talking about the gun show which is funny because i you know i've barely <laughs> touched you know weights in the past year um fortunately no those, rope pull downs looks like that looked like a lot like a lot of dumbbell kickbacks what do you do that's just good that's just good genetics you know okay okay um i also worked out for like for like eight years straight yeah you were a college and, athlete yes yeah so you know my body my buddy did did transform but um yeah i was in flip-flops and a tank top and you know told told the cop to to get the fuck back in the car um and it's a good example for all white people you can talk to cops like that you can we are well within your rights to yell at the cops especially when they're harassing people when they're chasing people um and you know they cannot just tell people what to do simply because they are cops they do not control public space they can't tell me to get the fuck out of the way um and so you know if you're white you can definitely Talk to the cops however you want. If a cop tells you to get the fuck out of the way, you can say, no, fuck you, and you're well within your rights. You can't yeah, get, like, no a lot of the comments said that it's textbook disorderly conduct, or what did they say it was? Disturbing the peace. Yeah, so, okay, so. so Which was uh, the, Ludacris's old uh, old stomping crew. Disturbing the peace, yeah. Yeah, Ludacris, shout out that sticky, geeky, it's Saturday, woo, woo. Um, but, uh, uh, so, so we moved on from libs to, I upset every single cop in the country. Like these cop pages were posting these videos and they like had thousands, thousands and thousands of comments basically saying this guy deserves to, you know, get arrested, get, get beat up. You know, uh, people were, were, you know, saying I, I should be, you know, killed by the cops. And um, 
I, you know, I had to make my Instagram uh, private because people uh, started, you know, messaging me and saying, you know, all of these things. Um, but also there's a LAPD uh, meme page called Defend the LAPD. Oh, geez. And uh, these guys like started making, they, they post the videos about me. Um, they created this, there's this conspiracy theory among LA cops um, that I'm a, you know, a paid activist. Um, I'm a member of Antifa. Um, but then they also. Isn't everyone to- Antifa? That's what I don't fucking get. Like, what is fa? Yes, they they what they don't understand. And this is this could be a good lesson for all of your listeners who are unsure about Antifa or what people say about Antifa. Um, Anti-fascism is an ideology. Um, There's no such thing as Antifa, you know, capital A as like an organization. There's there's, Antifa is not real. Um, Anti-fascism is an ideology that um is is a you know an ideology i'm anti-fascist as fuck you are antifa yes you are a member of antifa shouldn't everybody be a member of antifa wasn't my grandfather like both my grandfathers who fought in world war ii antifa they were antifa yes yes because hitler was fa i don't know why we need to fucking say this and why it's even like a thing like it's like incredible to me that they're like, we're against Antifa. And it's just like that, what the fuck? Well, if you're against the anti-fascist, uh, double negatives would mean that you you are a fascist. Um, <laughs> and they're cops. So that's, that's um, yeah, that's... So I upset upset every cop in the fucking country. And I was getting, I was getting a lot of, a lot of hate messages and, and all of that. But um yeah, it was funny to see those cops in the mentions in the in the comments try to say, you know, what possible code I could have um, I could have uh, did, broken to get arrested, and I didn't break any. Um, I wasn't it wasn't disorderly um, because a disorderly would require someone else calling in the the conduct and not like really the the cops witnessing it themselves. And up until the point of where the cop um got out of the car i was just standing around you know mm-hmm. um so the cop got back in the car because he knew he made a mistake um hey, the look it. on his face is priceless like the little laugh he gives like <laughs> like he won even though like his tail's clearly tucked between his legs it's and i want to commend your uh your use of mirroring you you basically just matched the guy's energy right back to him and did the like you know somebody being like and you're like like back to him (laughs) yeah yeah well mike i'm too good at this i've trained my entire life to talk shit to people and challenge people um in with authority or, or power you know so um i uh fortunately have 30 years of of shit talking and engaging in confrontational tactics and so um that was just second second nature to me you know mocking his <laughs> laugh or or you know you, uh, when you did the john cena i really i really liked it <laughs> can't see me bro um and so yeah my I mean, it's just, that was just, that was just normal behavior, you know, because, because, and since I have done so much of that in my life, like I, I love, I love when cops or tough guys 
try to really, you know, try me. And um, it's like, okay, like, let's, I can do this as well. And um, especially that I knew there was a crowd um, and the cops are fucking assholes and they try to act like they control public space and they do whatever they want. And so now this was a time for everyone to see the cops get embarrassed. There you go. The other question that I had, uh, specifically from a listener, Bonafide Hunk, Jacob Vick. He said, when am I going to have Richie on to talk about Garcetti signing uh, the new ordinance that is kind of complicated in a way? But I know that Bonin, who you mentioned, and Nithi Raman did not sign. I wanted your thoughts or I wanted you to maybe explain in your words uh, the new ordinance or whatever it may be called. And then I also wanted to know if you will miss our sweet boy Garcetti as he gets shipped off to India. Uh, the, the second question will be easier to answer. Let's do that first. Um, I will kind of miss Garcetti <laughs> because it has been a blast, um, you know, ruining his political career. Um, you know, Black Lives Matter LA started on this, you know, years ago. Um, really damaging um, Garcetti's reputation. And I, uh, People City Council uh, came in and uh, continued on and, and with Black Lives Matter in uh, attacking and confronting the mayor. Um, and especially uh, since I caught the mayor in person uh, at dinner one time. Oh, we um, have we talked about that? I don't think we talked about that. Yeah. yeah, Richie just walked right up to their table and uh, started chatting with them. And uh, his guests had that look on their face. Like, uh, it was also, it was horror and get this fucking guy who's beneath me away from me. It was like, the it was the look of, the scared look of privilege, I guess. Yeah, so, so basically, you know, Garcetti... Um, he he doesn't really he he puts on a show for the cameras and he tries to act like this progressive uh this progressive champion or a man of the people but real in reality he's he's an elitist um that uh is a career politician and he he really just he doesn't care second about second generation he career about... politician exactly They're like the worst of the worst um and his wife uh who was there you know has especially uh especially um does not like you know activists and and protesters that come in front of their house and so you know we got a tip that garcetti was at a restaurant downtown and uh there were two points that i made one i asked him you know he had said previously on camera that he is willing to meet with black lives matter la um, however, when Black Lives Matter LA and People's Budget LA asked Garcetti's office for a meeting, um, they agreed, but said that Garcetti would not be there. So publicly, he's saying, oh, yeah, I'll, I will meet with Black Lives Matter LA. But privately, uh, his office is saying, oh, no, he won't be there. So, you know, I had to ask him about that. Um, and then also publicly, he was putting out budget materials saying that LAPD's budget had decreased. That, that's simply untrue. Um, the percentage, the the entire budget this fiscal year increased. Um, so other departments got more money. And so the percentage that LAPD was getting out of the budget decreased. However, the line item 
of the dollar amount that LAPD was getting actually increased um, by 3%. However, in all of Garcetti's budget materials, he was saying that he decreased LAPD's budget by 5%. But that's not true. It was just the percentage of the budget that LAPD was getting was, was, was less this year because everything else was getting more money. So I had to ask him about that. Okay. And he said, and he, he was like, uh, he mostly wanted to correct you cause he got his wife's name wrong. He said, that's not, that's not her name and that's not accurate, which is such a fucking alien response to somebody getting your name wrong. Yeah. Yeah. I was like, at first I thought it wasn't her from the way he said it. He was like, well, that's, that's not, that's not correct. You're not, you're not saying her name. Right. And it's funny enough, I said Amy Wakefield, and it's Amy Wakeland, but shout out Tim Wakefield, the uh, knuckleballer from the, <laughs> the Dolphins. That, that's probably what was in my head. You, you called know? her Amy Wakefield, and he goes, that's not who this is. That's yeah, not accurate. Yeah. And it's was, like, um, that's, that is the weirdest way I've ever heard somebody respond to getting your name slightly wrong. Yeah, yeah. I was, that's not who I am. I'm not Mike Bridenstine. Yeah, yeah. See, imagine if you did that. Um, That's not who but, I am. Not that person. Uh, so I will be. It's a little disappointing that he is leaving because it has been a joy to really, you know, pile on him because he continues to be a uh, a liberal white supremacist. If I have listeners in India, I need you to get mariachi equipment and head to the embassy <laughs> in wherever yes. he will be stationed. I don't know where. Yeah, that was the answer to your second question. Then the the other question about new ordinance that he signed. The new ordinance, yeah. So, um, they had they had proposed this a few times, but funded by they, Jeffrey Katzenberg, I understand. Oof, man, yeah. For your for your entertainment industry folks uh, that know the Quibi guy, uh, Jeffrey Katzenberg, um, he basically. Um, he was at was Disney, a Disney before that, I think, or who fucking knows with this guy. Um, I, he is a billionaire and we, we need to eat him. That's all I, that's all I know. <laughs> yeah. He was, he was the chairman of Disney, uh, from 84 to 94. I mean, that's, they had some bangers. They had Aladdin. I don't know uh, if he get Lion King in there. I don't know. Lion King. Definitely, uh, in there, uh, the little mermaid Ooh, beauty in the beast. Yeah um you know aladdin who framed roger rabbit some real some real bangers in there yeah 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 so he basically had met with uh, a few city council members including uh mayoral candidates uh joe buscaino and mark ridley thomas i believe kevin de leon as well um, as well as Los Angeles city controller candidate, Paul Koretz. Paul Koretz, also a friend of Ed Buck. Um, Ed Buck uh, recently sentenced for, for uh, killing and overdosing two black men. Um, the epitome of the Democratic Party right there, Jeffrey Katzenberg and Ed Buck. Um, but so Katzenberg, you know, had meetings throughout, you know, a month, basically wanting to push this anti-camping ordinance um forward 4118 uh and they're calling it an anti-camping ordinance so okay so they figured out a way to move people because they couldn't before right like um you see people on next door or something like that and they're like there's a like there's a woman in my neighborhood who has like a city block with um 
where she's made like a is a, a pretty impressive home, like right on the curb. And then there's people who are always on there like um, get her out of there, and they're like, we literally can't. And so they created like a way to do it, right? Yeah, yeah, and, and all of all of these things were suspended during the pandemic, um, you know, for a variety of reasons, but right. especially. You know, the CDC specifically recommends not uh, moving or sweeping encampments because displacement um, is, uh, you know, could lead to the spread of COVID much right. more easier, right. uh, much easier. Um, it's also very important to note that um, there are for, for at least 45,000 unhoused people in the, in the city of Los Angeles and at least 60,000 unhoused people in the county of Los Angeles. In the city of Los Angeles, we only have enough beds, either temporary or, or permanent um, housing available to for 40% of our unhoused population in the city of Los Angeles, right? So there are more people on the streets than we have available for housing, whether temporary or permanent, right? And so literally, people have nowhere to go, right? Like they, they are living on the streets because the city is unable to get them into housing. And then you have to combine that with the fact that uh, Los Angeles City Council and uh, Mayor Garcetti just uh, passed an ordinance that will ban sitting, laying, or sleeping on public pro uh, property. Um, I, and basically, uh, if people do not like oblige or move, then they are subject to arrest. So we have space in the prison is what we're saying. Exactly. And they, and we do. Right. And so, um, because I mean, it's all kind of like, so the plan it, is to just put everybody in jail. When, when you think of which it, is though, how like, fucking expensive is that? Oh, it's very expensive. We spend like 60,000. The state spends like, uh, for putting people in jail, you know, I, I, and I'm, this is probably like for a year, um, it costs like the state sixty to eighty thousand uh, dollars to put someone in jail uh, for a year, and so it is much more nefarious when you think about it. Like they are actually criminalizing being poor, but also because there is a the because the jail population is going down, right? And then in California, we depend on uh, firefighters. Prison. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, we depend on prison labor so much for for a lot of things. Thirteenth Amendment um, is fucked. Yeah, yeah, yeah. There, there is nothing that says that 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 is drawing these lines directly, right? So there's nothing that says, oh, we're going to arrest people and put them in jail because we have a prison labor shortage, right? But you have to think all of these things going on at once is, is all connected, right? Oh, shit. Yes, yeah, and so- Some of these people are gonna need a lot of help before they start making, putting out fires though. Yeah, yeah, that 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 is uh that is true. And I think Newsom, let's let's take a one second break. Um like I'm pretty sure he had a quote like a few months ago saying uh that we 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 had a shortage of uh of we were unable to fight fires um because of the shortage of prison inmates. I think I have it right here. 
already facing facing uh, with a dwindling federal workforce, California is uh, preparing to shut down uh, one of its main training facilities for inmate firefighters um, as a plan to reduce the prison's population. However, um, when fire season came, uh, Gov- Governor Newsom said something along the lines that we do not have, uh, you know, our typical, uh, uh, you know, amount of people to fight the fires. And Yo, it's making, it, making the unhoused into firefighters. Right. And, and Genius. But, but that, that, you know, I don't want that to be like the main point of that because that's just my own analysis no i just i think that that's probably you couldn't put anything past any of them i mean it's it's very likely true but they you know the main point of why they did it in los angeles is to appease wealthy uh white homeowners you know because they don't want to see fucking poor people on the streets of los angeles despite the fact that the conditions in los angeles created the people being on the streets. Absolutely. You know? What what does a community like Manhattan Beach, where you go there and it's all like zillion dollar homes, and you don't see like any poverty whatsoever? Do they have some sort of like draconian? Same thing with Santa Monica. They well, Santa Monica has plenty of unhoused not any, people. Not anymore. Not, not anymore. anymore. Huh. It, it used to be. It used to be when I when I came to L.A. Uh, 12 years ago, Santa Monica definitely had a, an unhoused problem. But but Manhattan Beach and Santa Monica have basically criminalized homelessness, and that's why Venice became such a big spot. Well, because Venice, all, Venice always kind of was. always right. Yeah, that that was that, that's part of the vibe in Venice. But it, it actually increased during during the pandemic and recently because right. of the surrounding beach cities basically criminalizing homelessness. Or they literally fucking take unhoused people and drop them off in the city of Los Angeles, right? Because these the, the county and these are separate cities. Um, they 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 have their own laws, but the city of Los Angeles, uh, Venice is included. Basically, those surrounding cities criminalized uh, homelessness and basically just just push unhoused people in, into different parts of the city. Okay, so now what they're gonna do is a case by case basis that the city council has to sign off on. They're like, we're going to go raid Los Feliz uh, or, or that, I guess that'd be Nithia's district. So they would be like, dude, here's my, before you answer that, I think that the, what they're going to fucking do is they're going to like, whisper to homeless people, go to Nithia's district. And so they can, they can blame it all on uh blame it all on Nithia. Yeah, I do. They hate, they want her out so bad. They want, uh, yeah. She's yeah, like a real doing, fucking threat. They're doing a they're doing a, a recall effort. Um, these people love democracy so much that um, they uh, want to undo election results with recall efforts. It's not going to happen. Uh, they, they're not going to have enough support to do it within district. It's just these uh, reactionaries. Um, the funny thing is, is like the people on the left have actually been upset with Nithya, you know, and think that she she hasn't done enough. And so it's funny to see her being attacked by the right uh, when a lot of people that worked on her campaign are, were, are disappointed with her. She did have a good vote on 4118. Um, and so that's definitely something uh, to be commended. Uh, only her and Mike Bonin 
uh, voted no on it. It passed 13 to two. And in, in, in your question about, you know, case by case, um, the law itself preemptively bans the sitting, sleeping, lying down and storing property within or around, you know, a fire hydrant, um, an operational entrance or exit, a loading dock or driveway, a city issued uh, activity permit, you know, any ADA, uh, you know, requirements or, or within a street or bike path. Um, and then everything else on, on a case-by-case basis, such as, you know, schools, parks, libraries, um, they need to be voted on by, by city council prior to enforcement. But what I bet they will do is they create a batch of, you know, things that need approval. And since it already passed 13 to two, they'll just, they'll, they'll put a hundred um, locations into one ordinance yeah. and it'll get voted on and oh, passed, you know? Man. So yeah, I guess the question, yeah. like what happens, where do people go? Uh, underpasses and then those like and even then like they they will be like if they're blocking a sidewalk the city will say that's a a violation of ADA, you know um because of the ada requirements but the the funny thing is mike with the alfresco and outside dining the and with restaurants taking over those those uh uh sidewalk and street space that's a fucking ADA violation in itself. And, and that's a clear and obvious ADA violation. But because those violations are done in uh, the pursuit and furtherance of capital, uh, there will be no uh, there will be no ban on that. You know what I mean? That Americans with Disabilities Act thing that made I was reading it out loud to somebody and it made us both laugh out loud because they tried I mean, it was like that was their woke justification for doing something so fucking cruel. Like that was like that was like I was embarrassed for them that they had the balls to put that out, that some staffer had to put that in there. The city violates ADA requirements all the time. They don't they don't care about uh, uh, abiding by the you know how many fucked up sidewalks there are in Los Angeles yeah. you know, that they don't fix that yeah. are violations that, that, that disabled folks that I see all the time post about on social media saying they're like posting these sidewalks or some interferences. Um, it's in those we kind of violations happen up all sidewalks time. here. Yeah. A lot of fucked up sidewalks and the city doesn't do anything about it. And but now, you know, because there are some poor people sleeping on the streets, uh, they want to use the ADA uh, as some some sort of way uh, to get rid of poor people, uh, not because they actually care about abiding by the ADA itself. What can people do about this? One, uh, you know, engage in in mutual aid, uh, you know, find uh mutual aid groups in in your neighborhood um get involved with street watch k-town for all la can um because the government you know is simply not going to be looking out for unhoused people and uh there needs you know i don't know if you have a lot of uh home owning folks that listen but Sure I do. Yeah. The people who don't live uh, in 
places right. where houses cost five million dollars. That's yeah. you know, poor people have houses where I'm from. Yeah, yeah, and so, like, we need to do a whole reimagining and rethinking of what creates homelessness, what what causes it, and. and also that these are fucking people and they deserve uh you know our our compassion and they deserve to be treated like normal human beings you know what i mean these people living on the streets are likely not there by choice you know what i mean and any like when you don't, there are people, you know, we are, we are trained to look down on, on poor people in America. Right. And, you know, you want to not make eye contact with a poor person. Right. But anytime I walk into a Seven Eleven and there, there's someone standing outside that needs help. I ask them what they need. Right. Because there's probably, uh, for every one of me that asks, you know, you know, do you need anything? Are you okay? There's probably 20 people that walk by and, and look down and think less of this person. Right. But I have the ability to go into a Seven Eleven and, and buy what I, what I want from there. This person is living on the streets and likely doesn't have any money and they, they can't, they don't have that same freedom as me, but there are people that walk into a store and they'd be like, Oh, this poor person is fucking asking for money outside. You know what I mean? And, and, you know, treating them with respect and humanity uh, is like a very big step that normal people can do. Right. Like, um, because the, we're not going to fix this problem right now through electoralism, the, the shit just passed 13 to two. Right. right. And so in, engaging in ways to assist your community, um, because likely these people are from the neighborhoods that they live in. Right. That's the reason why, um, you know, people are like, well, why don't they go somewhere else? Or why don't they go 45 minutes away and, and accept the housing down there? Well, if you live in a community and you know where everything is and, and you have relationships and stuff, why would you want to leave that? Um, and so things that people can do is, you know, educating yourself and educating the people around you that homelessness, um, in Los Angeles is a crisis because of the lack of housing, right? The lack, the lack of publicly available housing, but also, you know, things like um, the lack of vacancy tax in Los Angeles that allows yeah. landlords to keep uh, empty units open for, you know, I don't know if there's a time limit, but they, they well, until the neighborhood units. gentrifies and they can charge what they want for it. Exactly. Exactly. Right. And so, they there there are more op there are like 90,000 open units in Los Angeles and you know they landlords don't have any this is this is capitalism in in effect landlords don't have any incentive to fill those open units and so they leave them open right and so people that could uh and then then also the lack of rent control in Los Angeles you, landlords kick people out and then they raise the rent or, or, and then if people can't afford and they have an open unit, the, the landlords don't bring the, bring the price down. Right. They, they are able to set the price because yeah. there's no rent control. Um, and they leave, leave units open. 
And so it's created, it's literally created the housing crisis. Um, there's, there's like a variety of things, but understanding that we manufacture the homelessness crisis in Los Angeles. Sir Jenko. There is a ton more. We talk about baseball. We talk about Limp Biscuit for an absurd amount of time. Plus the 2028 Olympics, which are in Los Angeles, the eviction moratorium that Biden and Pelosi just kind of fucked off. And there's a lot, lot more. And there's video of it. It's on the Patreon. Patreon.com slash Brido. Allegedly over there also. That is the show. Thank you for listening. RIP Michael Clark Duncan. Life.